Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. He told us to be looking for certain things, looking for this event to take place, talking about the rapture of the church, and then the events afterwards are what we're going to be talking about. And uh, so it's important that you're looking for those events, you know, and not just getting up every day, not paying attention. No, you should be looking for these events to take place, right? You know, I remember, you know, when I started studying or when I first started thinking about eschatology, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was really young. I think I was 12 or 11 years old talking about the rapture. And I'll never forget this gentleman, you know, he, he was, uh, he was an old hippie, you know, <laughs> I can truly say he was a hippie. And I'll never forget, you know, we were over at his house, you know, and he loved to do music there at his house with all of us young people. And we would play all kinds of different instruments, guitars and different things, you know, just because we liked music, you know. And we'd be at his house because he'd let us come over, you know, and he was kind of rebellious. We're like, oh, he's perfect, you know. So we'd play because I like to play rock music when I was younger, you know. And we'd be over at his house, you know, and I never forget. I mentioned the rapture of the church with my friend. You know, and this man said, you can't find that in this book. I'll never forget that, you know, and it really kind of embarrassed me, you know, because I'd heard about it through my family, and and I was really kind of embarrassed, you know, because he, he's like, he's challenging me right there. I don't know these things, but he's challenging me right there, and of course, you know, I was kind of grieved, you know. I got saved very young, kind of grieved on the inside about it, but, you know, on the inside of me, I knew, I believe by the Holy Spirit that there was something different than what he was saying. You know, has somebody ever told you there's no rapture? Well, you know, and then the Holy Spirit on the inside of you kind of gives you a check. <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't want to listen to that. Well, that's because there is a rapture and there is a catching away of the church. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But like I said, we're going to be talking about prophetic events going forward. And it's important that we know those prophetic events because we want to have a hunger to get people saved, right? We don't want people to go through what's going to happen after we leave this planet. You know, we don't, we should be highly encouraged to go out and get others saved, praise the Lord. You should have a passion about it. You don't want your worst enemy to go through some of the things that are going to happen once we leave this planet, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and it all starts with the rapture of the church. Of course, we're referring to the catching away of the church. The word rapture is actually not in the Bible, but it's actually really a definition of the catch away, catching away of the church is what it is, and it's referred to in several different scriptures. We're going to start there today because that's going to be the first event that we're going to talk about, and we're going to be talking about events today. We'll be talking about from the uh, rapture of the church all the way to the first three and a half years of the tribulation is what we're going to be talking about. And so we'll be getting into that today. And thank you, Sheila. She's brought me some coffee. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and get into that. Luke 21, the 36 verse says it like this. It says here, Jesus talking. He says, watch ye therefore, because there's something you need to be watching for, right? And that's the rapture of the church, the catching away of the church. Are you watching today? Are you looking today? He said, watch ye therefore. Maybe you should turn to your neighbor if you have somebody next to you or somebody, you know, that's even close by and say, I'm watching. <laughs> Are you watching today? You know, there's all kinds of scriptures talk about you need to be looking for this event. You know, and if you think it's in mid-tribulation and you think it's at the end of the tribulation, you're not going to be watching for this event. That's why the devil would like you to be confused about it because you're supposed to be watching for it, right? He would like you to be confused and not know that it's coming, you know, and you're not paying attention and you might miss out on the event, 
right? So he, he doesn't want you watching or looking for this event, you know? How do you watch? Well, does that mean to stare at the clouds and look up in the air? No, that's not what he's talking about there. If you look at it, he's talking to the seven churches. He says, he that hath an ear, listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And he's talking to you about listening to the Holy Spirit, right? That's where you start. You start watching by listening to the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be telling you about the times that we're living in. I believe he's telling a lot of people, even as you're watching me today, he's telling you we're getting close to this event happening, praise the Lord. It could, I believe it could happen at any time. And I want we'll see some things with that here in just a moment. But notice what he says. He says, watch the ye therefore and pray always. Wow, that's powerful. Jesus is telling us to pray always. <laughs> he's telling us to watch always. Are you praying today? Are you watching today? Well, we should be watching and praying every day that you may be counted worthy to what? To escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand therefore before the Son of Man. That's pretty a key thing there where he says the Son of Man. Well, he's telling you to watch. He's telling you to pray so you can escape, right? So those are two pretty important things that you need to be doing is watching and praying so that you can escape. Why does he want you to escape? Because he knows that these events that are coming, you don't want to be a part of. You don't want to be in those events that are coming, that seven-year period. Daniel talks to us about the seven weeks, and they're broken up into years, and he's talking about specific a specific timetable, and that's what we're talking about today is a seven-year period. We're going to be talking about the first three and a half years, praise the Lord. So let's look at John, the 14th chapter and the third verse. He says it like this in John 14, 3. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Aren't you glad he's coming again? Amen. He's coming again. He could come any time, couldn't he? He's coming again for you. He cares about you, and he's coming again for you to receive you unto myself. Notice that. This is not Armageddon. This is a total different event because he's talking about you going up into the air. He's receive you up to myself. Right. And some people get the second, you know, the second coming or the, or the second coming when Jesus comes, when he comes down and fights the war of Armageddon here, which we're going to talk about that next week is what I plan on doing it. That's when he comes again and there's going to be a war and it's, and it's going to be there. And Armageddon is what it's going to be. It's a war that's summed up within one hour is what it is. Yeah, it doesn't take Jesus very long to take care of that war. <laughs> Amen. You know, one hour, there's going to be a change of things, and it's going to be a total different existence on this planet because of what happens at Armageddon. Think about that today, you know. And in this event right here, he's talking about, he, I will come again and receive you unto myself. It's going to be an event going up, and the Armageddon's coming down, right? So that's two separate events, you know. So if you see a scripture that's referring to coming down, that's going to be talking about the second coming of Jesus. And if you see one going up, that's talking about the catching away of the church. And so you have to look at those type of scriptures and see which way they're going so that you understand what's happening with those type of verses. And we're talking about John 14, 3 here. He says that there where I am, as is uh, unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Is that where you want to be, where Jesus is? I believe that's where I want to be. I don't want to be on this planet when there's a seven-year tribulation going on. I want to be there with Jesus. Amen. Say, I want to be there. <laughs> Amen. I want to be there 
with Jesus, and I want you to be there with me, praise the Lord. That's why we're going over these today. First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter in the 16th verse, says it like this, and we're still talking about the catching away of the church, being received up with Jesus. Notice there's different terms used for it. That's why we have the word raptures, because we're all trying to define them all with one word is what we're doing. The 16th verse says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You know, this is important, because if you don't understand that the dead in Christ are going to be taken up with you, you don't understand some of the other events, Right. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment, you know, but at this particular event, the dead in Christ are raised up with us. It's important to understand that because at other events, the dead in Christ aren't raised with people. There's different times that people go to heaven throughout the book of Revelation. And you'll notice this particular event, the dead in Christ are going with us. The 17th verse is, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Did he say on the ground? <laughs> no. He's talking about an event going up to heaven is what he's talking about to them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That's where I want to be. I want to ever be with the Lord. Amen. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So I'm here to comfort you today, praise the Lord, to comfort you with these words, amen, that he wants you to be with him. He wants to receive you up to be with him and that he will descend from heaven. Notice he's going to descend from heaven with a shout and the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. If you look at what he talks to John about there in the book of Revelation, he says, come up. That's talking, I believe, when he says that, that trumpet that's going to shout, it's going to be his voice, and it's going to be him saying, come up, just like he said to John there in the book of Revelation. You put those two together, you'll see that they flow perfectly together. And so I believe he's going to say, come up, and you're going to go up with him is what's going to happen right there in the book of Revelation. He refers to that. Let's look here in the second verse of Thessal or second chapter of Thessalonians, the second chapter 1-9. I am moving quickly because I do have quite a few events I'm trying to cover here, not just this event. But Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, the first verse, he says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. Notice another term that we could define as rapture, gathering un together unto him. Isn't that good? Put them all under rapture. That's the easiest way to put it. <laughs> gathering together unto him. The second verse is that, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. You know, that tells you right away that he can't be revealed until we're out of here. Right? So if you hear somebody say, well, the Antichrist is here, they're wrong. He can't be revealed until we are out of here. Oh, he, this person's doing this and that and doing this and the other, you know, and he's, he looks like, the, no, he can't be revealed until we're out of here. Either the book is right, the Bible's right, or or there's or we, we need to be using another book. Amen. <laughs> Amen. His word is truth. Amen. And he's not going to lie to you, but there are lots of deceiving people today, you know. But, you know, he cannot be revealed until we are out of here. Those that are of the church, the ecclesia, 
the people that are going to be out of here, praise the Lord. So you think about that today, you know, you got lots of people that may say they're the Antichrist, you know, and things like that, but he's not going to be revealed until we are out of here, the son of perdition. The fourth verse is, who opposeth and exalteth himself. Notice he's going to exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showeth himself that he is God. He's going to go into the temple and say that he's God. We're going to talk more about that next week. But to the fifth verse is, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know, know that what, he says, Know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. So notice we're withholding him. The church. The church is the one that's withholding. Some people believe that that might be the Holy Spirit withholding him. No, the Holy Spirit's not ever going to leave this planet. He's going to be here all through the tribulation. He's going to be here. He's not planning to leave uh, through the tribulation because he's going to be getting people saved all the way through the seven-year tribulation. There's still a chance for people to get saved all the way through. There's still going to be the gospel going throughout throughout the seven years. And so he's going to have to be there. He's the third part of the Trinity that causes you to be born again, and you must be born again. If you're not saved today, you must be born again if you want to make this trip. And so you want to make sure that you are born again, right? So we're withholding him for the seventh verse says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. But notice, though, that he... Who is he? That is the church, is the one that is holding him from coming out of the curtains, you know, he, so to speak, for him to be revealed. And so we are withholding him, you know, and he can't do a lot of things because you're praying, your mama's praying, your grandma's praying, you know, people are praying. So there's so many things he cannot do. You say, well, why is that? Well, we have authority on this planet because Jesus gave us authority. And so we have authority over all principalities and powers. So you think about that today. You know, we, we are withholding a lot of junk from happening because we're still on this planet. Now, when we're out of this planet, it's not going to be as bright as it was. You think about that today. You know, the authority of the believer is what's holding back so many things from happening, you know. And you're going to see a wholly, totally different planet when we're pulled and stripped away from this planet, called up to meet the Lord in the air. It's going to be pretty dark in this planet. So it's important that you want to make sure that you're right to go, praise the Lord. It's referred to, and, and uh, I believe the book of Revelation is laid out in perfect chronological order, you know, and you know, John represents the revel the uh, rapture of the church in the book of Revelations. If you want to look at that in the fourth chapter, if you look in four and five, look at the fourth chapter, listen to what happens to John. And right after John's caught up away in the church, the seals are broken and all these things start happening in the book of Revelation all the way to chapter 18. You'll see the tribulation. It's very interesting. You know, you look at how it's laid out in perfect chronological order. You say, well, Jeremiah, there's some chapters that talk about some past things and some future things. Well, that's because you have to understand how they were written at the time. You know, it's been said that, you know, John's a Hebrew and Hebrews and then wrote different. You know, you look at Genesis, the first chapter, you know, it starts out with his him to read. You read the first chapter of Genesis, you'll see all the things that uh, when he's talking about the Garden of Eden, but then the, he gives you an explanation on the second chapter. And that's exactly the way they wrote 
back in that time. And then you look in that the book of Revelations, it's, it's written the same way. You know, he give you explanation in certain chapters. You know, we call them informational chapters, but they're laid in perfect chronological order. They're just basically explaining a little bit more detail in those chapters. So you might check that out if you if you're reading the book of Revelations there. Well, the fourth chapter starts that out right away. And so let's look at that real quick. Revelations 4 in the first verse, it said, After these things I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, notice it was a trumpet, talking about Jesus' voice. <laughs> Amen. Notice what he says. He says, Come up hither. Amen. I believe that's what he's going to say to you, praise the Lord. He's going to meet us in the air. He's going to say, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like jasper and a, a uh, stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, and the sight like unto an emerald. Notice, though, you know, he's, he's, he's caught up in the air representing the rapture of the church. And I can say so much about the rapture of the church. I'm just giving you a few scriptures there, and I literally can make probably two or three messages just on the rapture of the church. But, you know, it couldn't be at mid-tribulation, right, because that's when we have the great multitude being pulled away from the earth. And then, of course, it couldn't be at the end of the tribulation because you're not going to go up and do a, a complete U-turn and come completely down at the end of the book of Revelations, right? What, well, you say, well, why is that? Well, because you would miss out on all the events that are going on in heaven all the way through the tribulation. You know, you have to be there for certain events that are happening all the way through the tribulation in heaven because there's things happening in heaven that are actually happening there and not on earth. So you have to be there for those events. You need to be there for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, you can't be on earth and heaven. <laughs> you have to be in heaven, right? And so it's important that you know, and of course, this, this event separates from all the others because we don't know the timing of it. And we know the timing of all the other events. We know exactly when the, the, mid, the middle of the tribulation is, when those people are going to be called up, the mid-tribulation saints. And we also know at the end of the tribulation when those people are going to be caught up. We, we could dictate it from the events that are happening throughout. We have such great information in the Word. We know when those, those events are going to happen. And so it's easy to predict when those times are going to happen. But there's one time that you do not know, and that's when it all starts. And that's the one Jesus is talking about. He's talking about there's an hour that no man knoweth, you know, that you won't know the date or the time when this happens. And it's because it's when all these events start. They can't start before we're out of here. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Let's go ahead and get into this a little bit here. And so the first event, we are caught up out of here, right? And of course, it can't happen. None of it can happen until we're taken out. The Antichrist can't be revealed until we are taken out of this planet. And so let's look at that real quick, what happens here in the, the very beginning, Revelation 6, chapter, the first verse. Let's look here real quick. And this is what happens as soon as we're caught up out of here. And, uh, of course, the uh, first verse is, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, and as it were, the noise of one thunder, uh, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. Of course, these are the four beasts that are around uh, the Father on the throne. And uh, they are they're interesting looking beasts if you study them, but uh, they're there to, to do what he needs to be done there around the throne. And let's look at the, sec the second verse. It says, And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. 
And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse, which was red, and, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword, right? And so we're talking about two different things that are going to happen right after the rapture. The first one there, of course, something to note in the fifth chapter, of course, of Revelation, Jesus was up. He, he was actually already up, you know, because he met us in the air, right? If you look at the, the verse, the fifth verse, or you look at the uh, chapter preceding this, the fifth chapter there, you'll see that Jesus was actually already up because he, he already met us in the air. And he's still up, and he, he gets these seals, and he goes and sits down on his throne. Very interesting how that's laid out. But he goes and sits back down on the throne, right? And so he's actually in the position of the throne looking at these seals, and he opens the seals. And, of course, and, and none of these can happen, of course, until the church is out of the way. Second Thessalonians 2nd chapter and 6th and 7th verse, it says, And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time that for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way who like we said who is this he that is causing everything to be stopped causing you know keeping all these events from happening he is the church the bible says in ephesians 4 13 says till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man he calls the church like I said, the Ecclesia, he calls them a man. Right? He refers to the church as a man. There's no, uh, now we, I don't want to mess up your song there because <laughs> there's lots of songs about us being referred to as the bride of Christ, but there's really, there's no scripture calling us the bride of Christ. The New Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. And he even adorns the New Jerusalem with all these emeralds all the way around the city. I could teach it. 12 days on the, on the book of Revelation show you that he doesn't ever refer to us as the bride of Christ. We're referred to as a male, as a man, unto a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, right? Which doesn't keep us from having the same events happening because we're part of, you know, we're part of the body. We're part of Jesus, right? And, of course, we're there with him. But you see, Scripture's a lot different when you understand that you're, you are considered a man, right? And it's important to know that so that you understand the man or the church is he that is stopping things from coming to pass, right? He, the church, you and me that are saved are keeping these events from coming to pass through your prayers, through your time with God, you know, you're, you're, cause, you're keeping these events from coming to pass, especially you who pray in the Spirit. You know, God's praying through you. He's keeping things with strain on this planet. You know, Jesus is at the throne. He's praying for you. Did you know that? He's praying for you. And so it's important that you're making sure that you understand that you're a he, right? So you see scriptures correctly. Matthew 8, 20 says, And Jesus saith unto him, that foxes have holes and the birds of the ears have nests, but the son of man, right? He's, a, he's referred to as a son. He's male. We're part of him, the body and the head. We're part of him. Paul, he's the one that God gave the revelation of the rapture of the church, and he refers to you as a man, right? You're not. There's no revelation of the rapture of the church throughout the Old Testament because it's a New Testament revelation, and it came through Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he refers to you as a male, right? But we will be joining our, we will be married to that wonderful, precious city, the New Jerusalem, praise the Lord, and it's adorned with all kinds of emeralds, like I said, all around it. 
just like a woman has all of her wonderful things that she wears around her neck. You know, that city has all these beautiful, beautiful stones all the way around it because we will be one day inhabiting that city. Praise the Lord. So it's important that you realize that today, you know, so that you can see that when you read the scriptures, praise the Lord. Well, the white horse representing the Antichrist has been released after the rapture, right? This is what we were looking at there in the scripture. And there's some things to know about the Antichrist. He, he, he has a bow. He doesn't have a sword like Jesus. He's an Antichrist. He's, he wants to be like Jesus, but he's not ever going to get there, <laughs> right? He wants to, he wants to everybody to think of him as like Jesus, but you know, he just, he never can measure up or even come close. Right. But that's what he's trying to do. He has a bow. He doesn't even have any arrows. <laughs> so it's interesting. You know, he has no weapons or nothing to define him as even as, you know, as showing that he's a threat like Jesus is. Jesus carries a two edged sword. So we know this isn't Jesus on this white horse. Of course, he's on a white horse, a counterfeit of what Jesus will be riding, a white horse in the Battle of Armageddon. But it's interesting, you know, when you look at these scriptures, you know, how it defines him. He wants to he wants to act like he's Christ, but he's not even close. He has a crown that's actually given to him. Jesus has many crowns. <laughs> he has lots of crowns, you know. He has to have one given to him because he's a counterfeit. But Jesus has many crowns. You can read that in Revelations 19, 12. It says, his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. I like that. Think about that today. He, had, he has many crowns. That's the way our Jesus is. So the first thing he will do is to make a treaty, a covenant with Israel is what's going to happen. This is how you understand some of the timeline and how you know exactly when the mid-tribulation is, the middle of the tribulation, and how you know exactly when Armageddon is because of these things define the exact times and dates of when things are going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen is he's going to make a treaty with Israel, and it's going to be a peace treaty that he's going to have, and it'll last for three and a half years is what's going to happen with the Antichrist. And so... You can see that in Daniel, the 8th chapter, the 25th verse there, in Daniel 9, 24 through 27, talks a little bit about him breaking that treaty. And, of course, we have the red horse. The red horse is referred to as a, as of a, of a, a, a horse that's been released to cause war on this planet. And, yes, there will be a, a, a specific war that's going to happen to start out right at the very beginning of the tribulation, and we're going to talk about it. The first war he will cause, it'll be the destruction of Russia is what's going to happen right at the very beginning. Well, you say, well, why is that important to know? Well, because that's the first outpouring of God's wrath. We see that in Ezekiel, the 38th chapter and the 39th, 39th chapter, and it's referred to as the wrath of God. Why is that important? Well, because he can't pour out any wrath on this planet with us here. <laughs> so it's important that you understand that he's. Well, you can't be here and you have to be gone before this seven-year tribulation starts because he cannot pour any, God will not pour out any wrath on this planet until we are out of here. You say, well, why is that? Well, you know, he told us that he, we are not appointed unto wrath, is what the scripture says. And he's going to pull us out so that we're not in the middle of that. So that's what he's talking about in Ezekiel 38, 39. And you look at that, you'll see there that it's referring to Russia is what it's talking about. And what's going to happen is Russia is going to try to attack Israel. 
right at the very beginning of the seven year tribulation. He's going to try, they're going to try to, I'm trying to make this as simple as possible, by the way. Uh, they're going to attack uh, Israel. Russia's going to attack Israel and they're going to reform and they're going to attack Israel. And they're going to get wiped out within 24 hours is what's going to happen when that when that battle begins. God's going to take them out within 24 hours. <laughs> Wipes them off the planet within 24 hours for attacking Israel. Why would they attack Israel? Well, I was looking at this today. I thought it was kind of interesting. And, you know, this is a very interesting war because you look right now, Russia's trying to reform right now. You know, which makes me, uh, well, you know, I can't say for sure, but I would say that it looks like we're getting very, very, very close to the rapture happening. Some believe that they could even see this war happening with coming after America within a year. Very interesting. I don't know. We don't know, but it's interesting because they are forming, trying to reform Russia right now. Why would they come after America? Well, America's allies with Israel. And if 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 America is a threat to them and they want to attack Israel, then you know you they would definitely want to stop America from hindering them from attacking Israel. And so it's a very big deal when you see that they're trying to reform at this time. You know, so we don't know. We'll see how that turns out. But it is interesting how this is playing out right now in today's events, right? You know, in uh, 2020, you know, the they said that uh, Israel produced revenue. Their food process, their, they produced 19, was it 19.26 billion dollars in food? You know, and so they, I believe personally, I believe that, the, that Russia wants to control Israel because of the amount of food that comes out of that place. Some people believe that they, they want to control it because they want to control resources. If you know anything about Russia, they're trying to control resources. America likes to try to control the dollar, you know, but they're trying to control the resources. And so they would love to have that food. Of course, Russia has a severe problem with food anyway, you know. But, you know, you look at the what they why they would want to do that is to control the food. And it's interesting, you know, in 2021, the, uh, the export value of the agriculture products from Israel slightly declined compared to 2020. But avocados have the highest export value over 198 million U.S. dollars. Think about that today. They have a high revenue just in avocados, and they have lots of other things that they produce there in Israel. Very, very interesting. But some people believe another reason why Russia would want to attack them is because of their recent finding of oil. Israel is currently undergoing an oil and gas exploration boom. Exploration boom. Recently, Israel has seen some of the world's largest discoveries of gas and oil. These new oil and gas discoveries have jump-started significant foreign investments into drilling and exploring rights. But notice, though, they, they, they have a huge, they say it could be a 90 billion, many experts believe it could be 4 billion barrels of crude oil below the natural gas deposits. So they have a huge mass of gas that they've found over there in Israel. Their gas and oil has become very valuable. They're just prospering over there because that's God's country, (laughs) God's area. But they're just, they're booming with prosperity over there in Israel. And so it's interesting why they would want to get those resources and control those resources in that area. So that some believe that may be why they would want to attack, uh, of course, Israel. We know the real reason. It's really a spiritual reason. It's because Jesus came out of Israel, uh, you know, and, 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 of course, Jesus being a Jew, you, that's why, you know, of course, the people, you know, the enemies tried to take out Jews 
And so it's it's interesting. It's all because Jesus came out of that area. Russia will try to do this, and they'll be destroyed in 24 hours. Think about that. It's, they're going to be wiped off the planet within 24 hours. And this is recorded, and uh, you can see this, in, in uh, of course, in Ezekiel, the uh, like I was saying there, you can see that in 38 and 39, you can see that this is the first act of the wrath of God, and we have to be out of here before that comes to pass, right? So when people see this, right, of course, right at the beginning of this seven-year onslaught, or as soon as the seven years starts, you see this big wipeout of Russia. <laughs> Man, it's going to be something. You know, they're going to, when they see that, they're going to want to get saved. Lots of people are going to want to get saved. And people that aren't right with God are going to want to get saved right away. And is a, wouldn't you want to get saved when you see this happen? <laughs> I mean, it'll make you want to get saved. So lots of people want to come to the Lord at that time. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's never appointed you to wrath. And he's going to make sure that you're out of here before the wrath of God starts, which will start right at the, the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. If you want to look at that, look at that in Ezekiel there. But you'll see that it's it's seven years before the Armageddon. You'll see it's actually seven years. They're not the same wars. Some actually refer to this war as the World War III, but it's seven years before Armageddon. So you can study that. You can take a look at that. And so... It's interesting there. Of course, and right after this happens, you'll see that there will be 140,000 Jewish men that come on the scene. We're going to look at that real quick here. Uh, there will be 144,000 unmarried men. And the, the goal of these men, that'll be, that God will have them on the earth here, there will be 144,000 of them to get Israel saved. So God will have them these Jewish evangelists going to get Israel saved at this time. That's when their ministry starts, right after this war. Think about that today. They're going to be going to get all of Israel saved. God loves the Jewish people, and he's going. To, he's sending them specifically. That's their ministry is to go evangelize and get them people saved, the Jewish people. And so this is because these things, uh, in the second half of the tribulation, they'll be out of here. But he's trying to get everybody he can all throughout the tribulation to be saved. It's very interesting. And these specifically people are, are going after them to make sure that they're saved, the Jewish people. You know, of course, they're going to take some convincing. You know, they're still looking for the Messiah. But that's why they're here on the earth is to get them saved. So very interesting. And so we're getting close to the mid-tribulation. They're going to minister to them. They get them saved. Uh, the uh, Jewish people, we have lots of people that are getting saved, you know, because of this big war that has taken place. And, of course, in mid-tribulation, we see some things happen right away. We're just going to cover just a few of these. I think I've already, boy, I've been taking up some time here already. But mid-tribulation, we're going to just cover a few things. Then we'll cover some more of the things that are going to happen at mid-tribulation next week. But it, what's going to happen at mid-tribulation and if we're just hitting these events, I'm not getting into all the details, and we can get into a whole lot more details. But at mid-tribulation, of course, the agreement will be broken with uh, with uh, Israel. The Antichrist will break his agreement with them. And you can see that in Daniel, the ninth chapter, and 24th verse or 26th verse. And of course, the agreement's a covenant, a contract that's been broken. He's had peace with them, but now he's upset, you know, because they're, they're prospering. <laughs> God's protecting them. You could just see how that would aggravate him something severely. You know, he's the Antichrist, 
And so he calls, he starts to cause some bad things to happen, which we're going to get more into those things next week. This is done because Satan hates Israel. Like we said before, this Israel is where Jesus was born. And of course, the Jewish people, Jesus being a Jew, he hates the Jewish people, right? Because of Jesus being a Jew, that's his family. That's his. That's where he's come from. And of course, he doesn't like the Jewish people. So Satan hates that race of people. Of course, in the middle of the mid-tribulation, one thing we're going to cover today is that the, there is the great multitude that are raptured, right? Now, this rapture is different than the beginning rapture. That's at the very beginning of the seven years, and people don't understand the difference between the two, and some people believe that we're raptured in the, the middle of the tribulation. Well, that, that there's a difference in those two, and there's, there's some things you can tell that are totally different. And the first thing you'll notice there, as these people are getting saved and throughout this, and these some people even are repenting because, you know, they, they weren't right and they weren't watching for Jesus, you know. Uh, that you'll find out when they're raptured, they sing a different song. They sing the song of Moses. Uh, when we're raptured, we're singing a new song, is what the scripture talks about there. You can see that in the book of Revelations, we're singing a new song. And these are singing the song of Moses, two different songs that we're singing, right? Another thing is that Jesus descends from heaven for us, the church, but he doesn't descend from heaven for the great multitude. That's interesting to know, you know, totally different things that are happening there. Uh, the dead in Christ do not go up first. Think about that today. They, they don't go up before them. We don't see anything showing us that. They, they went up, of course, with the catching away of the church, the rapture at the very beginning. And so it's interesting when you look at them, there are some things that contradict each other. That's why you know that they're two different groups of peoples, right? And these are actually even titled different. They're called the great multitude, right? And of course, we're called the church. And so there's two different things happening there. And it's important to note those two types of things, praise the Lord Jesus. And like I said, doesn't descend from heaven. He doesn't descend to meet them there in the clouds, in the air, you know. So I, I want to be in the first group. I don't know about you. I want to be in the group that he meets in the air, praise the Lord, you know. It'll be just as in the days of Noah. Remember G Noah, you know, he's in the ark and he goes up. He's safe above the waters. And then he comes back down. Pretty powerful to think about that, right? He avoids the wrath of God that's going on on the earth. He's safe above the waters, and he comes back down. That's pretty powerful. And that's exactly the way it's going to be here on earth. He's going to, he's going to catch us away. The wrath of God's going to be poured out. And, of course, you know, the great mold, there's going to be many people who are going to want to get out of here quickly when they see that come to pass, you know. And so you want to make sure that you're in that group. So we're going to pray today. We'll catch you. We'll talk a lot, a lot more details start next week. We'll be talking about the last three and a half years. We'll be seeing, we'll talk about more things that happen at the middle of the, uh, in the mid tribulation there. We'll talk about what, uh, of course, what the Antichrist does and setting up Israel and taking over Israel and calling himself God. We'll be talking a little bit more about that next week. I know some of y'all want more details on that. So we'll be getting into that next week, but I like to do about an hour. So we'll catch the rest of that. Uh, if you want to on part two, and uh, we do this next Sunday. So let's go ahead and pray. I want you to be in that first group that gets out of here. Praise the Lord. Let's pray today. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. You've been so good to us, Father. And if there's some people today, Father, that are not right with you, Father, help them to be right with you today, Father. Help them, Father, to be watching and being ready for you today. If there's, if there's someone listening 
Don't leave this place without knowing that you're right with the Father today. You want to make sure that you're meeting him in the clouds in the air, praise the Lord. Make sure that you're right today. If you have a question about it, you're just not sure, make sure that you're right today. Say this with me, Father, I just I confess what you said about my sins, that they're forgiven, Father. I'm repenting right now. Lord, cleanse me right now in Jesus' name. And I just thank you, Father, for it in advance. I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. If you want to make that first group, you want to know Jesus, let's pray today. And I'm going to pray for you to know Jesus and to have salvation. You must be born again. You, If you want to be in that first group, you must be born again. You can't make it any other way. So why don't you pray this prayer with me if you'd like to dedicate your life to Christ today. Not out of fear, not out of worry, but out of a relationship with Jesus today. So why don't you pray this with me today, and we'll pray it right out of the Scriptures in Romans, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse. He says, if I confess the Lord Jesus and believe God's risen Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved. Think about this today. You know, Jesus, was, he's already been taken to heaven, right? And, you know, this is nothing new, you know, the rapture of the church. This has already been going on. But it's important that you understand that you need to be ready for that period. Praise the Lord. So let's pray this prayer. Father, it's repeated after me. Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I believe that you've risen Jesus from the dead. And I receive you as Lord of my life right now. Jesus, be Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you've been listening to this message today and you you just prayed that prayer, you are saved right now. Praise the Lord. And I'd love to hear about it. Put it in the comments so me and Sheila can see it and Liam and or email me here at jeremiasministries at yahoo.com. Love to hear about your salvation experience. That's what we do all this for is for you because we love you. Praise the Lord. Or if you're not right today and you got right, I'd love to hear that wonderful, wonderful testimony. Put that in the notes so that I could hear about it. We're going to be getting into more detail. And like I said, I didn't get into all the details. We're just trying to hit some events here uh, so that you can kind of see the progression of events all the way through the tribulation. We'll see how far we go after that, the thousand year reign, and kind of get further into that if we'd like to, but we'll let the Holy Spirit kind of lead us, but we're just trying to hit some of those main events there so that you are prepared and you see what's coming and you have the heartbeat of God to go out and reach a hurting and dying people out there, praise the Lord. When there's people, we don't want them to be stuck here. You wouldn't want that on your worst enemy. Like I said before, we need to be reaching the world for Jesus, praise the Lord. So we love you. God bless you. I look forward to spending time with you next Wednesday. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. If you'd like to contact us for prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.